Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have details on India's lentil tariff reduction. Also, we'll chat with a number of local farmers and find out how harvest is coming along. The latest farm news and market updates all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Harvest has started in some regions of the province. Warren McCutcheon farms in the Carmen area. We've done a little bit of wheat here. Got into some, some of the early stuff. And uh, yeah, we've kind of maybe three quarters done here now. We're just kind of waiting on the last bit that's a little bit better. The moisture is a little bit higher, so should get finished up here when the sun shines and the wind blows again. Talk about um, yields and, and quality. How are things looking so far? Uh, quality is really good. You have to talk about the yield. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's disappointing for sure, but we kind of knew that was, was coming. Um, you know, anywhere that caught a little bit of rain or, you know, previous crop, uh, we had one wheat field on, on edible bean stubble where there's a little more moisture. It's, it's a little more promising, and there's a few bushels there. But, uh, you know, we had a few fields that were kind of in, the, in an area that didn't catch much rain on, on a little bit tougher land. And, yeah, no, it's not uh, it's not real pretty. It's not, not a whole lot of fun, but, you know, at least, uh, at least what we're getting, uh, you know, the prices are, are okay, so it kind of makes up for it a little bit, but certainly not very exciting. How much uh, rain did you guys get uh, this summer? It was it was really variable, just depending you know, almost mile by mile. We were probably less than two inches on, on some stuff and as much as maybe five or six on some stuff. Uh, you know, but a lot of it came in like a quick thunderstorm and stuff, too, uh, when Carmen had that big rain uh, in June. Um so, yeah, very, uh, very spotty. But where we have had a little bit of rain, things do look a little bit better. But, uh, I mean, we just haven't had any help here in the last month or month and a half either. So even even the corn and the beans, you know, that did look okay, or they're, they're really uh, they're really stressed here now. Too. I'm not really sure what the weight crops are, are going to do much of anything. Talk a little bit more about some of the other crops and, and how things are looking there. You know, it's hard to say. Um, that call is pretty awful. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, looking at it, it's thin and... Uh, you know, in areas where it didn't receive any rain, and I don't, I don't even know where we're with harvesting, to be honest. Uh, edible beans, soybeans, they looked okay for a while. Uh, just walking in the fields, it seems like they're not, not really potting very well. Um, I don't know if it's just because of stress or, or whatever reason, but, uh, you know, not a, not a whole lot of optimism there either. And, and the, the corn, actually, especially our corn that was on, uh, you know, the field of edible beans last year that maybe had a little bit more moisture, didn't, didn't have the ground up quite as much. Um, you know, that, that corn's still hanging on. I, I think there's going to be something there. Um, obviously not uh, not a great crop, but if we could somehow maybe get a, a little bit of rain to, you know, help fill some cobs. It, it's, not, it's not awful yet, but, you know, we'll, we'll see in the next few weeks. What about um, insects? I know grasshoppers were an issue in some areas. Yeah, no, they definitely are a little bit, uh, you know, some, some borders and the odd field here and there. Um, you know, we haven't... Uh, we haven't worried about them a whole lot. They haven't been doing a whole lot of damage. And, you know, on the edge of the fields, uh, you know, the crops are, are droughted out so bad anyway. You know, the soybeans and all stuff along the field edges, there's not really anything there anyway. So we haven't worried about it a whole lot. It hasn't been a major issue for sure. You know, if we do get some rain here in the next little bit, is any chance things could turn around for some crops or is it is it too late? I think it's probably too late for almost everything. I, I'm not sure how the beans would react if you could get a little bit of rain. If, if there are some pods there, you know, maybe it would help fill them out a little bit. Um, you know, a lot of stuff kind of gone into that stress mode here where the, you know, the soybeans have kind of, you know, shrunk back. And, um, yeah, you know, the edible beans, they don't look that bad in the road. I mean, there's still some flowers on them, and, uh, you know, they just don't, they don't seem to be 
very well. And then I wonder if that's kind of a stress thing. I, I've never really seen it before where the, the plant doesn't switch to, uh, you know, try to reproduce and it's gone. You know, it's just not there right now. And, you know, it's getting later now, right? We're into August. So if you could get some rain, they kind of, you know, kickstart them again or get going. But, you know, that, that's, that's challenging too. And days are getting shorter and things like that too. So I, I think corn would be the one that if we could get some rain, it would, it would help it a little bit here, yeah, for sure. Just overall, how would this year compare to previous years in terms of, of, of drought? Is this, you know, would this be one of the worst droughts that you've seen or? For sure, personally, I mean, uh, you know, starting in the early 2000s, uh, myself, you know, we've, we've seen more wet years for sure. And, uh, you know, we've been very fortunate. We've had lots of lots of good crops and, and, and very few misses here in the last, you know, 15 years. Uh, we'd have to go back, you know, talking to my, my dad and you know, the older generation of farmers that, that saw things in the 80s. And, you know, the 80 and 88, there, there was a lot of nothing in those years. And, uh, you know, farming fractions have changed and genetics have changed things do with which help out i'm sure um but this certainly isn't as bad as those years and and the one fortunate thing we have is is grain prices are strong this year which in some of the other disaster years uh, you know grain prices were poor so at least this year you know if we can salvage you know a third of a crop or whatever um you know you uh you had your crop insurance on plus you know a good price for what you can get and you know we spent a lot less money on our crop too this year with you know not not having to worry about fungicide or extra fertilizer and fuel and tillage and all those things right with it being so dry so there's a lot of savings there too so at the end of the day uh you know maybe there's still a profit margin there it's just you know it's just not very exciting we, we do this business to grow crops and not collect crop insurance so but, you know it's just a frustrating year that was carmen area farmer warren mccutcheon a look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon. I'm Corey Canute. CP Rail has announced that it has hauled more Canadian grain and grain products in the 2020-2021 crop production year than any other crop year during the railway's 140-year history. CP moved 30.62 million metric tons this crop year, exceeding last year's record of 29.52 million metric tons by 1.10 million metric tons, or 3.7%. This is the fourth consecutive year that CP has broken its annual movement record. Including grain moved in containers, CP moved a total of 31.21 million metric tons, up 3.4% from last crop year. Some good news for farmers as India is reducing its import duty on lentils. India is the top buyer of Canadian lentils, the majority of which come from Saskatchewan. The executive director for Sask Pulse, Carl Potts, says India has reduced their lentil import duty from 33% to 11% for Canadian and other imported lentils. You know, basically what it means is that, you know, we can, uh, we face uh, lower trade restrictions moving lentils into India, which is generally a, a positive thing and, and is a positive thing. The challenge, one of the challenges this year, though, is that uh, we face some very significant challenges on actually being able to execute on some of that business. With the, with the challenges and, uh, and limitations on container availability, Pot says normally about 50% of our total lentil exports would be done by container, but the container shortage could play a factor in our delivery ability. And Clean Farms has released findings of benchmark research detailing on-farm generation of agricultural plastics. Here's Executive Director Barry Friesen. 
The basic premise of the report is to find out how much agriculture plastics are being generated across Canada, what types they are, and what types of farming they're, they're being generated, and where it is. key reason for this is because we want to collect all this material, but we've got to know how much is there and uh, where, where we should put most of our resources. Clean Farms currently operates a Canada-wide program that recovers empty 23-liter and smaller pesticide and fertilizer containers. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Knute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Agwire for Thursday, August 5th. I'm Corey Knute. Coming up today, we'll hear from Justine Cornelson with the Canola Council of Canada. Also, we'll chat with Carl Potts, the Executive Director with Sask Pulse. Today, we focus in on news that India is reducing the basic custom duty on lentils. Joining me on the program to talk about this is the executive director for the Saskatchewan Pulse Growers, Carl Potts. And Carl, set the stage for us. Fill us in on what we see happening. India has uh, really utilized import duties uh, in a significant way dating back to about 2017 or so. And many producers will remember at that time, India put in place uh, tariff and non-tariff barrier restrictions for, uh, for pulses. Uh, going into India. And and really ever since then, they have maintained um, a certain level of, of import duties, but from time to time will alter those and uh, and reduce them depending on the own, their own supply and demand situation. So, um, you know, over the last uh, year or so, in 2020, India had reduced their import uh, duties down to uh, on lentils down to 11% for the June to November time period, I think. Uh, and then just recently announced here that they um, have reduced their uh, lentil effective import duty from 33% to 11% for Canadian and other uh, imported lentils. So what does that mean for us now? It means basically that there's uh, uh, a little bit less uh, restriction or or cost to you know, to export lentils uh, to India. And part of the reason for that is that uh, lentil prices in India have been increasing uh, over time. And uh, we believe the Indian government's trying to manage, uh, you know, the cost of uh, consumer prices, you know, of lentils in India. So, you know, basically what it means is that, you know, we can, uh, we face uh, lower trade restrictions moving lentils into India, which is generally a a positive thing and and is a positive thing. The challenge, one of the challenges this year, though, is that uh, we face some very significant challenges on actually being able to execute on some of that business. With the, with the challenges and, uh, and limitations on container availability, uh, you know, can, you know, can maybe have some, uh, you know, some negative impact on Canada's ability to execute on, uh, and take advantage of lower import duties in, in, in lentils. Now, about 50% of our total lentil exports would be done by container, certainly a lot to India go by bulk vessel. But, um, you know, with the container uh, shortage situation, uh, you know, this year, um, it, it may have a, a, a bit of a negative impact on, on the ability to execute on that business. What are you hearing from producers as far as this year's lentil crop? I, I'd say that this would be, you know, the most uh, significant drought that we've had. It appears in you know, at least 20 years, maybe longer than that. And only time will tell when actual yields come in. 
to to know what that real effect is. So you know, um, you know, we certainly know that in many areas of the province, you know, crops are being you know, written off, including pulse crops, peas and lentils, and and other crops as well being you know, written off. And then in some you know areas of the province. Um, you know, crops looking you know, okay, but I'd say on average we're expecting a significant reduction from the the normal uh, you know, provincial average yield across the province. You know, as a whole, what that number will be, you know, it's really hard to know. But um, but yeah, you know, lots of producers hearing from a lot of producers about uh, you know lack of yield, and then also you know concerns about uh, being able to deliver on. On forward contracts that they, you know, they may have uh, may have made based on on only a partial, um, you know, a produ- percentage of their overall expected production. That's Carl Potts, the executive director for the Saskatchewan Pulse Growers for Golden West. I'm Glendalee Allen Vossler. Thanks, Glenda Lee. Joining us now is Justine Cornelson with the Canola Council of Canada to talk about straight cutting versus swapping. Number one should be, you know, did you grow a shatter resistant uh, cultivar or hybrid? Um, you know, that is will really help make that decision. Um, if you're not growing something with that pod shatter, obviously the recommendation is to to swap it. Um, so with this year, I've, I've heard of a few growers trying to go in and, and are considering actually going in and um, straight cutting something that is not. So just be aware of all the shelling out and the risks there. Um, those products are not designed to be uh, straight cut on. And, and I know it's dry and, and it's progressing really quickly through its seed color change. So the crops will be mature here very soon. Um when when going out there and, and determining, you know, you're, if you're going to straight cut a particular field, um, ideally you want a really nice uniform knit field. So even if it is that pod shatter, assess that stand and see how easy it's going to be um, to actually go in there and straight cut it or not. Um, like I said, given the variability in crops and if you're not going to use a, a, um, a dry down product, that's where swapping would be that better alternative, right? To, to knock it down and allow it to mature a little further within that swath before going into harvesting. So lots of little factors there to consider. Um, you know, in the past, um, especially here in Manitoba, we've seen a huge shift towards um, straight cutting canola. Um, but, you know, it is, it's is—it's a year with its uh, very different challenges and, and it's just kind of come back to those basics and assess how, what is going to be the best way to make sure you preserve that yield and the seed that's out there. Because um, we, we need all the seed that's, that's out there right now. So. And finally, I uh, wanted to just talk a little bit about um, using canola as feed. Um, you know, lots of talk about uh, converting crops into feed. Um, I guess what, what are, what's important to, to think about there? You know, it, it, it's obviously an, an economic thing to consider. Um, this year, canola is at a, at a higher dollar value than we've seen in the past. So you might not be reaching your, your yields that you've seen in the past, but you are also getting more for it this year. Um, so really coming back back to the economics, there's also a lot of concerns in regards to feed. You really got to watch your, your nitrate, uh, nitrate concentrations and things like that. So... Um, you know, first of all, if, if you're um, in, or if, if you've pre-sold or in a contract for grain, make sure you follow up on that contract. That's kind of number one to see what your options are. Uh, number two is then working with Manitoba Crop Insurance um, and, and also once again seeing what the dollar values are going to be if you are really concerned with that crop. 
um, because that we're so far in the season, you know, it, it is best to just, you know, work with what you've got and, and try to get um, as much of it off and into a bin. So, like I said, it, it's a tough decision to make, uh, but really dive into the economics and look at all of your options. Um, I, I know with, with producers that are in, in a mixed situation, right, they do have cattle to feed. Um, so get that tested, work with your feed uh, quality specialist as well, um, if that is the route you are going to go, because there is a lot of risk there um, if the canola isn't cured properly. That was Justine Cornelson, an agronomy specialist with the Canola Council of Canada. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Series Global Seeds Tours are planned for August 10th in Winkler, August 11th at Bagot, and August 18th at Del Mar Beaujeur. Registration begins at 8 a.m. and tours get underway at 8.30. Topics include corn and soybean agronomy trials, corn and soybean marketing, specialty crops, food-grade soybean varieties, and more. You can RSVP by email to cunger at seriesglobalseeds.com. Manitoba Agriculture is offering an online environmental farm plan workshop August 25th. Deadline to enter is August 11th. Visit the Manitoba Agriculture website to register. And the AGM for Farm Credit Canada takes place August 18th at 1 p.m. Go to the FCC website for details. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon, reporter Barry Lamb caught up with a couple of farmers in the southwest part of the province to find out how harvest is coming along, he chatted with Alan Brown, who farms in the Melita area. Scouting fields right now, decide if we're going to start swathing uh, some oats, and hopefully we don't have to swath barley till till Monday, but things are turning fast. And how is it looking? Do you know until you get into it, or how are the crops? Uh, up, uh, up until the hail two weeks ago, we thought we, we, we had an average crop, we felt. We were fortunate in this area uh, to get, we didn't, you know, not enough rain, but we were getting a couple tents here, three tents there. Uh, and, and in, in our small pocket, there was areas that were drier than others, but we, we felt we were fortunate to be, we considered we may be close to an average yield. But the hail set you back to maybe a little below average then, or? Yeah, it'll be below average. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were anywhere from 20 to 35% on, on, on some crops. And then the, Barley, uh, wheat, and, and canola, well, was, was around that 10% to 15% of hail damage. And most of the producers in your area pretty much in the same boat when it comes to the amount of rains they got and how things are looking? Yeah, yeah. We had a small pocket uh, where, where I live, north of Melita, that actually had uh, uh, what we measured two and a half, but, but there was big tubs that actually recorded higher than that. We had the one neighbor had over four inches. Uh, in one blast, but it, it ran into the sloughs. <laughs> it, it was not a soaker. No. <laughs> Overall, um, your harvest in general, are you ahead of schedule much? or We're going to be, yes. Yeah. It's, it, it's just turning, it's turning, it's turning faster than it should. And weather-wise, what, uh, I guess rain at any time a good thing now, or does it, what would you like to see? Um, I got lots of neighbors that would like to see it rain, and yeah, I, I'll, I'll be honest. If it rained, uh, I hope it rains between now and the weekend, and then and then give us some clear weather to start some cereal harvest. Yeah, that's my point of view, but I know there's a lot of cow guys that they, they just need rain. 
they need rain and they need it now. Yeah, and uh, you're not you're not a cattle guy. You're just strictly grain. We just have a few cattle, and uh, and I've sold the rest of mine uh, just because we just because of dry pasture and broke it up. And my mother and my brother-in-law they they still have a few animals, but yeah, we have very few around anymore. That was Melita area farmer Alan Brown chatting with reporter Barry Lamb. Barry also caught up with Darren Chapman, who farms in the Verdon area. Barley and it did only did about 33, 34 bushels the acre, and light 43 to 47 pounds to the bushel. And uh, in peas now, and uh, yeah, the first field that matured first, it was less yield. It's about 35, but the uh, next ones here, we're finding a few more peas in there should be uh, high 30s anyways. The, the results you're getting this year... Um would you call that average, below average? What is that for return? Well, the barley, that was a third of what we got last year. Uh, peas, we haven't grown in a while, but uh, you're, you're used to nowadays, I think, between 60 and 80 bushels an acre for peas. And the lack of moisture, the the main problem, or what was the situation? Yeah, yeah definitely, because where there's low spots and whatnot, they're yielding where they're supposed to and moving forward you said you're into your peas uh what about the rest of your crops maturing and uh you know is, is harvest essentially underway uh, full swing for you now or how how long uh not quite we finished desiccating the peas and uh barley yesterday and started the first field of wheat um yeah we finished up all the first cut of uh hay where you we had a couple of, about a quarter to a couple hundred acres of new seeding of hay, and uh, we got that cut. And we'll be starting a second cut next week. What's there, anyways? We're baling the pea straw. Uh, we baled what little barley straw there was there. It wasn't very tall. Trying to utilize what we can. We got some cows as well that meet some more feed so have you been calling the herd a bit earlier than normal or where are you at with your cattle well yeah anything that uh, uh was uh lost its calf or was uh didn't have a calf they've been down the road and uh same with bulls i guess we just semen tested there last week but everyone passed so that was a good sign or a good start so you're not carrying any more than you have to that's for sure that was Verdon area farmer Darren Chapman chatting with Golden West reporter Barry Lamb. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Clean Farms has released a new report detailing on-farm generation of agricultural plastics. Executive Director Barry Friesen. Some of the key things is that there's about 62,000 tons of uh, agricultural plastics used in Canada every year. That comprises of many, many truckloads of plastic, it's a, it's a fair bit. It comprises about 3.5% of all the uh, pl- plastic packaging generated in Canada alone. Clean Farms currently operates a Canada-wide program that recovers empty 23-liter and smaller pesticide and fertilizer containers. And harvesting of some of the pulse crops on the prairies is underway. Carl Potts is executive director for Sask Pulse and says with the drought, crops including pulses in some areas of Saskatchewan are being written off, while in other areas, crops are looking okay. 
I'd say on average we're expecting a significant reduction from the the normal uh, you know, provincial average yield across the province, you know, as a whole. What that number will be, you know, it's really hard to know. But um, but yeah, you know, lots of producers hearing from a lot of producers about uh, you know lack of yield and then also you know concerns about being able to deliver on on forward contracts. Potts notes they recently had some good news for producers with India announcing plans to reduce its lentil import duty from 33% down to 11% for Canadian and other imported lentils. The only exception to that is the U.S., which faces a 33% duty. That's down from 55%. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email to farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.